0: Psalm chapter 73. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the security of the wicked. They have no struggles, their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burdens common to man, they are not plagued by human ills. Come down to verse 14. All day long I have been plagued, I have been punished every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. Verse 21 When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by your right hand, you guide me by your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And on earth, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. My heart and my flesh fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Verse 28, as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge and I will tell of all your deeds. There's a passage of Scripture I preached from a couple of weeks ago, and I want to do one more Sunday on it because as I've been thinking about this passage and about our our times, I just feel like there's one phrase in in this passage of Scripture that keeps speaking to me where David said, when I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me. If there's one question that we're obsessed with as people, it's the question, why? Why? We're always asking the question, why? It starts very, very young. If you've got children, you know, it starts maybe at the age of three or four. Every instruction that you give is followed by a question, why? Go to your room, why? Pick up your toys, why? Stop hitting your sister with a hammer, why? You know, doesn't matter how, how great or how trivial the question. Eat your vegetables, why? Eat your meat, why? Stop eating ice cream, why? Sit down, stand up, why, 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 why? why? Put on your seatbelt, why? Every question is followed by every 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 statement, every instruction is followed by a question. And the question is always why? The question springs from our original declaration of independence. When we first came into this world and God created us and He, he put us on this planet and He said, you got two trees that are in that garden. You can either live from the tree of the knowledge of life or you can live, you can live from the tree of life or you can live from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and we're drawn towards that tree because in that tree, we get an answer to the question, Why? So, so we go to that tree. Adam and Eve went to that tree and the devil said to them, Oh, you won't, you won't die if you eat from that tree. No, no, no. It'll be quite the opposite. If you eat from that tree, then you'll become like God and you will know good and evil. In other words, if you eat from that tree, you're going to know why. And understanding is, is our quest. We want to know why. We, we want to understand the events of our lives. Understanding is our passion. We, we, we want to know it. It seems so good to, to know, to, to, to understand, to be equal, to, to be in control. And our, our desire is to always understand. But understanding isn't what it always cracks up to be. In fact, the quest for understanding can be a very discouraging quest. When you're searching for answers in your life, there's not always easy answers to the things that we face. And so a quest for understanding can instead of leading you in a good direction, can lead you in a negative direction because we're searching for answers to questions like, why, why, why am I sick? Why did I lose my job? Why is my marriage not what I want it to be? Why did I fail the test? Why doesn't the girl like me? Why, why, why did my dream not come to pass? In our church during the month of January, we're searching for an answer to the question, why did Krishan and Alexis set off on a dream date and end up taken into eternity? And we're asking the question, why? Because the quest for understanding is what we're we're wired towards. But it can be overwhelming, this quest for understanding. Am I the only one? that sometimes life doesn't give you easy answers to complex questions. There's not, not always just a straightforward result. You can't say, well, A plus B equals C. It doesn't, always, it doesn't always go that way. There are simple questions with easy answers, but there are complex questions that have no whys for them. And when we're looking for understanding, sometimes we end up like the psalmist because the psalmist says, God is good. You gotta start there. Verse one says, God is good. And He is a good God. Does anybody in this room believe that? We start there with God is good, but then we move from there to our question of why. And He says, God is good, but I almost slipped. My foot almost stumbled because I looked at the world around me and I saw a lot of questions that I couldn't get an answer To the why, I looked at people who didn't know God. I looked at the way they lived. I looked at the fact that they were arrogant, proud, bloodthirsty, ruthless. I looked at the fact that that they just seemed to prosper, that their muscles were big, that they owned great cars and they seemed to have this life. And I'm asking, why? Why are they doing so well? And he said, I was looking at the situations. If you read the whole Psalm, he lists off a whole lot more. Why is there sickness? Why is there suffering? Why is there challenge? Why is it? Why, why, why? And then he says, I, I, when I searched for understanding, it was oppressive to me. And my friends, if I had a dollar for every person I'd ever spoken to who'd been on some kind of quest in their life, looking for answers to questions that weren't forthcoming, and instead of finding the the, the quest liberating, they found the quest oppressive, I I would be a wealthy man. The quest for understanding doesn't always lead us where where we want it to take us. Does anyone know what I'm talking about today? Because some things in life are not easy to put ticks next to. In fact, He says it was oppressive. In the Hebrew, it says literally, it filled me with anguish. It was troublesome. It was toiling. Because we live in a world where life doesn't always make sense. And the phrase that has been in my heart over this last week is living beyond understanding. That as Christians, we're caught in this, this challenging position where the moment you are awakened to faith in Christ, you find a God that is bigger than your own mind. In fact, He said in Isaiah chapter 55, I think it's verse seven, that my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So the way that God thinks, His rationale, His very pattern of thinking, His understanding is bigger than ours. And our challenge as believers Is that we are we are so often wanting to live our lives by understanding, and God says, No, if you're a Christian believer, you have to live your life beyond understanding. Though he slay me, Job said, yet will I praise him? That doesn't make sense. Exactly. That's the point. Because the point is that God is bigger than what we could ever fathom or imagine, and so we have to live our lives. Come on, not bound by our understanding, but live our lives beyond our understanding. The Christian life is obviously not about switching off your mind, but it is about something higher. It is about the gap. That's what God is for. He is for the gap between what we're experiencing and what we believe should be. That that chasm where our understanding comes to naught is what God fills with His Spirit. He's there for us. He's a good God, isn't He? He's there for us when we can't figure it out. He said, he said I couldn't make it sense of it. It was oppressive to me until I entered the sanctuary. He said, something happened when I stepped into God's presence that understanding couldn't give me. He said, something happened in my life that God deposited within me when I got into His presence and it was beyond my natural understanding. I really do believe that as we step into this new year, we're calling this year for our church an appointed time and we're launching a new series next weekend, spending the month of February around our theme of an appointed time. But even as a a prequel to that, could this thought that arrests your heart this morning that more important than what you can understand in the natural is a life that is living beyond our natural understanding. Which is why Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or think or imagine. And it's not according to our power, but it's according to His power. So He's saying, hang on a minute, it's not what you could ask, it's not what you could think, it's not what you could imagine. It's about two things. First, the first meat in the sandwich, the first piece of bread, is that God can do immeasurably more. And then obviously we've got hopes and dreams and desires, but hang on a minute, let's sandwich it with the fact that it's according to His power. So what God's got for us in 2012 is immeasurably more. Because we got hopes and dreams and, and things and plans and schemes and we've got our understanding but God says, no, don't live within it. Live beyond it. We've got to live beyond our understanding. <laughs> live our lives not on the confines of our rationale but living it freed by the greatness of His power. He's able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or think or imagine according to His power. Now that, is a verse that could preach. Second Corinthians nine. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can comprehend what God has in plan and store for those who love Him. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can comprehend. I just want to say it again. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can comprehend. What your understanding thinks is possible with God is nothing. What He's got in store is greater than it. So to connect with that God is a decision and the decision is not to live within my understanding but to live beyond my understanding. My, my, my expectations, my, my belief in God, my, my, my comprehension of what is in the future has got to be beyond my natural understanding. Because you know, my friends, understanding is not the pinnacle. In our world, uh, I think it's so easy to think that understanding is just like the greatest thing you could ever get to. To understand is to reach the heights. Well, I understand all this. Have you ever read the book of Ecclesiastes? I sat down and read it yesterday. And here's the wisest man in the history of the world basically saying, well, I, I tried learning, but that seemed meaningless. I tried pleasure and that seemed meaningless. I tried the amassing of wealth and that seemed meaningless. I said, I tried this and I, I tried that. And he says, now all is done. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God. Understanding is not the pinnacle. Just to have knowledge is not the highest height you can get to in life. In fact, if you wanna look at the way God interacts with our lives, understanding is limiting when it comes to a life connected with God because understanding is just slow. I don't care how smart you are. We grabbed four teenagers um, during the summer camp and I was sitting up on the back of a truck or something, I don't know, watching tribal wars. I honestly felt like I was watching a battlefield. In fact, when I was waiting for the tribal wars to start, all the all the different teams at the Elevate Camp, they, they're in tribes, and they come down onto the field for tribal wars, and they're literally carrying flags, you know, banners, like the old school armies used to have, you know, and they've got their faces painted in their tribal colours, and they've got songs that have been put together, themed around their tribes. They've got drums that are beating, bagpipes, literally, that are blowing for one of the tribes as they're making their way onto the, onto the field, they call it the field of dreams and it was just an unbelievable, unbelievable setup. and I'm, I'm standing there watching as all the tribes are taking their place in the battlefield and this elderly lady comes and stands next to me and she says, uh, she says you know, what, what are they doing? I said, they're having their tribal wars. She said, what are they doing? I said, they're having their tribal wars. She, sa- she said, what are they doing? I said, I, I, I finally tweaked. I said, oh, they're having their camp games. She said, oh. She said, why do they call it a war? And I said, well, it's just kind of like trying to make it more exciting. They're not into war, are they? I said, well, not really. <laughs> then she said, to me, she said to me, they're not trying to hurt each other, are they? And I said, well... And she goes, people don't get hurt, do they? I said, no, 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 we only call the ambulance once a day. That's it. And then she looks at me and she goes... Isn't this a Christian camp? (laughs) Just a great moment. It was all I could do not to laugh when she said that to me. So they had the the Sudoku challenge in the tribal wars. They got four very bright teenagers. Because remember, we've got some pretty intelligent young people in our church. And so they're giving them the Sudoku challenge, but it was supposed to be ranked medium. Well, it must have been an extreme hard challenge. Sudoku challenge. The medium was just to get them in because after one hour, I'm not kidding. After one hour, and you get like massive tribal points, so you got a huge peer pressure from their, their, their team members to win the Sudoku challenge. I could literally see steam coming out of ears as these young people are there trying to trying to nail the Sudoku challenge. I was so inspired, I grabbed my iPhone and downloaded a Sudoku game because I've never played it in my life. It's hard, man. I don't know if you ever tried. I got I got I, I wiped out on my first attempt and that was an easy one and and here they are trying to do this medium they're doing it second time doing it a third time and I suddenly realized that they're trying to get their head around this complex issue and for so many people we tend to think they're understanding but at the end of the day I'm watching them trying to get their head around what is essentially a simple mathematical formula but at the end of the day it took them an hour and a half for the winner to complete just you know a box a bunch of boxes putting The number's one to nine in it. And it awakened me again to the reality that no matter how smart you are in this room, your understanding is slow. It's slow. And God doesn't wanna move in your life slow. He wants to move in your life quick. He's got a plan that's exceedingly abundantly. He's great. Does anybody believe He's smart and powerful? And He's working out the the plan of the ages through His people. So it stands to reason that if that kind of God has got that kind of plan, that when He moves in our lives, sometimes He's gonna say, hang on a minute, you've got to step beyond your understanding. Let go of your natural rationale and step into my limitless understanding. What God seems is, God for us in our lives is so awesome, but it requires of us that we step beyond our understanding. My children, whenever I give them instruction, they always ask why. Whatever it is, it's just the answer is always why. But as a parent, I have a response to their question. And my response is always, because I told you to. (laughs) I want you to understand that as a parent, this is not just about me getting out of a bunch of conversations or because their logic is better than mine. I'm not afraid of the discussion. Brush your teeth. Why? Well, because you'll get rid of cavities. Yes, but I have a bad time. I'm not, I'm not afraid of a backwards and forwards. I'm pretty sure, in fact, I'm, I'm 100% sure that my understanding of life is superior to theirs. <laughs> so when I say, because I told you to, it's not to eliminate a discussion with a kid who's smarter than me. But the reason why I say, because I told you to, is because there's a lot hinging on their ability to obey me even when they don't understand me. If my son, which he is prone to do, is running towards a road with cars on it, and I yell stop, I need to know that he's gonna stop, not because he understands why he needs to stop, but because a dad who is smarter, who sees broader, is giving him instruction. Come on, somebody. It's not for my interest, it's for his interest. I love him, I, I care about him. And so I want that kind of obedience that's beyond understanding because it will protect him in life. But you know what? It goes one step further. When Jesus was asked a question about taxes, He said, bring me a coin. They said, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Then He said, bring me a coin. They bought him a coin and on the coin was an image and the image was the image of Caesar. And so He asked the question, whose image does this coin bear? And they said, well, it bears the image of Caesar. Then Jesus said, well then give to Caesar that which is Caesar's and give to God's that which is God's. So in my children's lives, the question is whose image do they bear And the answer is they bear the image, not of John and not of Jillian, but they're made in the image and likeness of God. So what I have is I have two children that have been entrusted to me and I am a steward over that which has been entrusted because my job is to raise them, not to obey John and Jillian, but to obey God. So their obedience towards their parents is preparation for their obedience towards God. And if they, come on, if they only... If they only obey God when they understand God, then their lives will be small. But if they obey God when they don't understand Him, then their life will be big. So I don't want them living in understanding. I want them to live beyond understanding. Because I told you to, is preparation for a life that is in the middle of the bigness of God. And God's looking for some people in this room who are not going to live their lives within the confines of understanding, but live beyond it. That when God says it, we're just going to answer Him yes, not because we understand it, but because He told us to do it. I say this so often in our church, but I want to say it again this morning. It's not in my notes, but the way the Christian life works literally is God speaks, we obey Him, and then He explains it. The way we want the Christian life to work is God speaks, we understand him, and then we obey him. And God says, no, comprehension is on, or understanding is on the other side of obedience. So to be a Christian means to lose yourself in a life of obedience to God that will lead you to a point of understanding. We have to live beyond understanding to get understanding. Our obedience has to proceed. See, Christianity is not about comprehension. It's not about understanding. It's about trust and obedience. And living that kind of life will lead us to the point where we truly do understand, but God's looking for people who are gonna live beyond understanding. In fact, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And he will direct your path. It says, Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not. The word lean means to rely upon, to depend upon, to lean against, to let something carry the weight. And the Bible's literally saying, If you lean on your own comprehension, then you'll miss what God's got for you in life. We have to trust in the Lord and choose. See, it's, it's, it's both and. It's saying you have to trust and you cannot lean. You have to trust and you cannot lean. You must trust and you cannot depend upon your own rationale. Is this helping anybody? It's challenging stuff, huh? Because God's saying we've got to move beyond our own understanding. To step into God's plan, we don't need to understand everything, but we do need to obey everything. (laughs) Number one, understanding limits the miraculous. The centurion is amazing. The centurion that um, has a boy who's sick and the elders, the Jewish elders like the centurion because he's been favorably disposed towards the Israelites. So they, they come, these Israelite elders come to Jesus and say, hey, this guy's done a lot for us. How about you do something for him? Would you come and lay hands on his sick son and would you heal him? And they can understand that. Because if you go to the body and you put hands upon it, this is the formula towards getting your healing. And Jesus is walking down the street towards the centurion's home when the man's father, sorry, when the centurion sends word to Jesus and says, you don't have to come to my home. That's what people can understand. But I am a centurion. So as a centurion, I'm a man under authority. And then there are a hundred men under me. And if I say to one of the hundred under me, go, he goes and does it. Listen, not because he understands it, but because I'm his centurion and I told him to do it. Armies are entirely built around the concept of you obey whether you understand or not. And so he says, if you speak the word, then because of the authority that you are under, my servant will be healed. It only takes for you to speak the word. And in our lives, if we require understanding, we will miss the miraculous power of God because it's based not upon whether we get it, it's based around whether God says it. Because why brings us into the rational, but yes to God brings us into the supernatural. So God's looking for people who are just gonna say yes. Understanding, number two, will cause us to miss God. It'll limit the miraculous and it'll cause us to miss God. Akin didn't understand when they conquered Jericho why everything in Jericho needed to be devoted to the Lord. We know because we know that the first fruits always belongs to God because Jesus was God's first son and He was given up for us all. And now there is a kingdom principle that every first thing belongs to God—first of our increase, first of our blessing, first of our time, first, first, the first of everything. The firstborn son belongs to the Lord. Everything that is first in our life belongs to God. But Achan didn't understand what God was doing. He didn't understand that Jericho was now, but in the future was going to come Jesus. And in the gap between where He was and what God was going to do, He couldn't understand why God said, don't take anything from Jericho. So He took the spoils and He put it in His own tent. And then they went to conquer Ai and was soundly defeated in a battle that should have been 10 times easier than Jericho because it's one thing to walk in understanding. It's another thing to walk in the favour of God. And God's looking for people who will walk not just by their own understanding, but by what God has got for us in our lives. Is anybody enjoying this this morning? Number three, understanding will overwhelm us. Understanding, it overwhelms us. You come to realize in life that some things you just better not to know. You just better not to know. What I know and what my children know is very different. Because if I explained everything to them, it would overwhelm them. So I give them what they need to know to grow them forward, and I withhold from them what they don't need to know so that they can maintain their life right now. I don't care how smart you are in this room, God's the same. He'll give you what you need to know and withhold from you what you don't need to know. And every successful person in this room finds that just such an aggravating statement. But that's the problem with pride, is it exalts understanding and downplays obedience. Come on. Come on. Turn the person next to you and just go, ouch, John's just smacking me today. This is not nice. i I wanted a warm cutesy sermon. <laughs> understanding. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. In other words, to understand is to know God. If you know God, your understanding will be different. So God wants us to live beyond understanding. The first thing that living beyond understanding requires of us is that we choose truth over facts. Let me pause the sermon for a second and just say there are some things you do need to understand. You need to understand your budget. This sermon is not about saying, well, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills, but God wants me to live beyond understanding. No, no, no. That's not at all what I'm saying in the sermon. Anybody who's just planned to use this sermon as an excuse to put their ostrich head in a big hole in the sand, no, 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 let me correct this for you. This is not about that. This is not about saying, well, I don't need to know what the doctor's got to say. This is not about saying, you know, I don't need to know that I'm offending people. This is not about that. This is about saying, you know, in my life, well, I don't need to know. I mean, that, that, that you know, they were offended because of what I don't need to know. This is not about that. But this is about saying that in your life there are things that you face that you can't get your head around and more important than knowing the facts of what you can't get your head around is knowing what God's got to say about the situation that you're in. To live beyond understanding is not about examining the facts, it's about examining the truth. It's about making a decision to get into the truth of what God is saying and living beyond the facts of what the situation is confronting us with. That's a life that is beyond understanding. The second thing we have to choose is dependency over independence. If we're going to live beyond understanding, we have to choose to live in dependency and not in independence. Psalm chapter 10, verse 4 says, In his pride, the wicked does not seek him. In his thoughts, there is no room for God. In his understanding, there is no room for God because the proud are not dependent upon God, and God wants us to choose humility over pride. I fly on planes, I guess, nearly every week. In fact, I don't think there would hardly ever be a week that I wouldn't be on at least one plane flight. And I just looked at my. Flights that are coming up and, you know, sure enough, there are flights basically every week from from now, you know, to the end of March. And so, you know, I fly on planes a lot. But, you know, one thing I never do is ever check the details. You'd think I'm crazy, but I just work a deal with John, who works with me. And if it's an international flight, I get to the airport one hour before it. If it's a domestic flight, then 15 to 30 minutes before it. And that's all I need to know. I just need to know that he knows that, that whatever door I'm in. He knocks on it and says, we've got to go to the airport now. And I walk to the car and I get to the car and I get there. I don't know. I don't know what the flight number is. I don't know what my seat is. I don't know what the departure gate is. All I need to know is that I was here, but in a moment, I'm going to get on that plane and I'm going to go there. Now, if I wanted to know all that, then all I'm doing is adding a lot of stuff into my life that I have to carry with me all the time. Now what I'm doing is I'm taking RAM because no matter how bright you are, you've only got so much on offer. Come on. So now I'm taking part of my head and I'm filling it with details that I just don't need to know. What I need to know is that I'm in this room. We're talking about this issue. We're planning this thing. We're moving the church forward. We're helping this marriage. We're doing this thing right now. And it's John's job to know what's coming after and what came before. I'm, my job is to be here in the here and now. If I didn't do that, then I would be living not a bigger life, but I would be living a smaller life. So the key to the big life that I want to live is my dependency upon the others who were living this life with me, and it's even more so when it comes to our relationship with God. If you want to know what's coming up in every page of your life, you could strategically plan your parenting, your marriage, your health, your finances, have all that in control. But I want you to know that you're not making your life bigger when you live independent, you're making your life smaller when you live independent. So, God says, choose a life that is beyond our understanding. Obedience leads to, over. we've got to choose obedience over comprehension. That's number three. And then number four, we've got to choose rest over struggle. Can the band come and join me right now? The fourth thing we have to choose if we want to live this life that is beyond understanding is to choose rest over struggle. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 is a verse of Scripture that I just meditate on all the time. And it says, Do not be anxious about anything. Good on you guys, you got it going. But in everything, by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard, that's a military word, will guard like a a sentry posted at the door. The peace of God that transcends understanding, transcends understanding, wanna say it two more times, transcends understanding, is beyond understanding. The peace of God that is beyond understanding will guard like a, like a century your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious. Prayer, prayer, thanksgiving. Transform it, change it. Go from anxiety, anxious. Anybody here who's ever been in an anxious situation knows that it's a struggle. Anxiety is caused because you're trying to work your way through something that you don't know how to work your way through. And it says, don't choose that. Choose rest over struggle. No matter how much you've got going on in your life, God wants us to live a life that's beyond understanding. I was praying this week over this sermon And I had something different planned, but all week this phrase, living beyond understanding, has just been in my heart and my head, and I've just been writing it down whenever I've had time, and I spent yesterday just kind of mapping this out. But halfway through this week, God said to me, some people, some Christians, are a bad date. They're a bad date. You ever had a bad date? I only have good ones because I'm married to Jillian. But some people have bad dates. Because, you know, in a date, in in the traditional sense of the word, you have a girl, and her plan, her job, is to get herself ready. Because it takes four hours for a girl to get ready. (laughs) Whenever we go to catch a plane to the airport, I set my alarm five minutes before we have to walk out the front door. I wear a cap, I put on my clothes, and we're gone. For Jillian, if she's flying with me, she sets her alarm one hour before because she has to shower, straighten her hair, blow dry, straighten her hair, foundation eyeliner, <laughs> goodness knows what else. So so the girl's job is to get herself ready. And the guy's job is to get the date ready. Now boys, I'm helping you right now. <laughs> Take notes. Your job is to plan the date out. If you want the date to be good, it's not up to chance. You don't get the girl in the car and then go, so, where'd you like to go to dinner? If you want the date to go well, you've got to plan it out. You know, back in the day, we used to make mixtapes. You guys have got it so easy. You just put, you know, iPod playlists. You can make them while you're waiting in the car. In my day. You know, you get the playlist ready. You make the booking at the restaurant. If you're control-free like me, you make sure that you've got a table for two in a quiet place within the restaurant. You know, then you get everything ready. You open the car door. You close it. You got the map, you know, you got it mapped out. How you are going to get there? You got your GPS sorted or whatever it is. Back in the old day, we used to have roadmaps. Now people have iPhones. You know, and and it's the guy's job to plan the night. We're gonna go to a second restaurant for dessert tonight. So you got it all mapped out. You got the whole thing planned out. It's the girl's job to get herself ready, it's the guy's job to get the night ready. Now, some girls are just bad dates. Not my wife, but some are. Because this is what they do they hop in the car and then they wanna understand the night. Where are we going? We're gonna go to, okay. How are you going to get there? Come on. You should not go on that road. That road clogs up with traffic this time of night. You should go down that road. And the guy's manhood is just going. And some Christians are a bad date. No matter how manly you are in this room, you're part of the bride of Christ. And God's wanting to take you on an adventure, a life that's exceedingly, abundantly, immeasurably, above all that you could ever ask or think or imagine or plan. He's got a dream life and a dream date, an amazing future. And wow, whatever you could imagine, it's beyond it. You thought you were gonna get two courses. He's plan five. He's got this whole thing down. He's got dinner and dancing. He's got gifts. He's got roses. He's got an amazing night planned out. And nothing ruins the journey of your life more than getting in the car and questioning the greatness of that God. So God wants you and I in our lives as believers to live beyond understanding. And I reckon all of this room that God's just speaking to hearts and lives this morning. And you know what He's saying? He's saying this year, 2012, live beyond understanding. Live beyond it. Live greater than it. Trust not in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct the paths of your life. Come, why don't you stand your feet together with me this morning, all over this room? God loves you, you know. He's a good God. There are people who are here this morning, as I've been talking about living beyond your own understanding, it's just like such a massive challenge. Because we just want to be in control, and right now God's just speaking to your heart and saying, "No, this message is for you because the life God's got for you is better than the life you can map out for yourself." Maybe you're facing hurt in your life, and God's saying, "Right now, don't try and fathom the hurt." The choose the choice to release forgiveness has nothing, release hurt through forgiveness, has nothing to do with what the person did to you. That's natural understanding. The choice to release hurt through forgiveness is one that God, is, is a requirement. God said, release it. So now we transcend our own understanding and say yes to God even when we can't figure it out. There are people in this room who literally God's speaking to you about a step of obedience that you must take. But the challenge is, it doesn't make sense. God speaks, we obey, then we understand, if we're lucky. But the God of the ages moves His chess pieces to win His game. And whether you're a pawn, a bishop, a king or a queen... We don't get to say to the guy playing the game, this is where I should be, this is best. He is orchestrating the events of human history through his people. And what hinders him from winning the game is people who think their understanding is better than his. Ouch. So all over this room, I reckon God's just speaking to His people this morning and His simple challenge is, would you live a life that's beyond your own understanding? Close your eyes with me, church, all over this room. God's speaking to people this morning saying that, saying it's time to live beyond your own understanding. It's time to let go of things in your life and press into God. It's time to to trade your comprehension for just a willingness to trust Him. Trust, 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 trust. See, that's actually a word for somebody right now. Lean not on your own understanding. Trust Trust Him, trust Him, trust Him, trust Him. Put Him first. He who began a good work in you is faithful and will complete the work. Whatever He starts, He always finishes. He's not just the author of your faith. He's the perfecter. He's the alpha and the omega. God's got you. He started this journey with you. He's still with you. You stepped out in faith and started following Jesus. Don't doubt the fact that He can complete the journey that He set you on, but believe in Him. God is with you. He is leading and guiding you. All over this room, there are people this morning who are simply just saying, I need to choose to live beyond my own understanding. I wanna pray a prayer over your life. I'm gonna believe for the. spirit spirit of revelation and for the peace of God to fall upon your life. Revelation so that you can understand what God is doing and peace so that even if you can't, you'll be able to rest and not struggle in the middle of what God is doing. If that's you this morning, just reach out to God. Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, I just look at every person. Look, Ask your eyes to look at every person reaching out to you and in the name of Jesus, I ask you to help them. Give them revelation and give them Your peace that we could live a life that is beyond our natural understanding. May we live the kind of life that You want us to live. May we not try and have an answer to every question, but trust in Your great hand in our lives. Bless them, I pray. Be with them, I pray. I pray the peace of God that transcends all understanding to come and guard their hearts and to guard their minds in Christ Jesus. I rebuke any. Anxiety, I read it from every mind. We, we release You. We, we trust You. We surrender to You. We end the struggle. We give in. You are bigger. You are smarter. Our obedience is not, not uh, determined by our comprehension, but by our choice. And we choose to obey You, Jesus. We obey You today. In Jesus' mighty Name, we thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord. You reign in our hearts. You reign in our lives. You reign over all.